tip. Good afternoon. It is February 7th, 2022. You're listening to a little call A, little call B, hosted by Will Limanos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? I am doing fantastic today. I think we've all been dealing with COVID for, for a long time, and part of the COVID was that my sports teams, it just felt like we're just not, not doing well. But we roll into Monday. Duke went down the road to UNC, smacked around a whole bunch on Saturday night. The game was never in doubt. Uh, UNC made a big run at the end of the first half, and it was still double digits going into, into halftime. Celtics are on a five-game win streak. Uh, got to see uh, Mac Jones doing a little little something. Our rookie quarterback at the Pro Bowl, and, as well as uh, Tom Brady officially retires, and so get a chance to uh, to you know gush about him for a little while. So I I'm I'm doing great. You know, let's let's just get into it right now because I wrote down the Tom Brady retirement here as a topic of my own, and the more I thought about it, the more I couldn't convince myself that. Like this is the only reason we have a podcast. This is the only reason I like football. I look at all these other organizations and teams and, and across all sports, the struggles, the losing, only one team gets to win every year. The fact that the Patriots and I was able to enjoy as many Super Bowls and contentions and losses and drama and big games and extended seasons after extended season is such a luxury that I think it's the only reason I'm a football fan. Could you imagine, like, what if we stay with Bledsoe and we never do Brady and we're, like, mediocre for forever time like every other team essentially is? Like, this never happens. Are we still football fans or are we just, like, miserable Jet fans? Like, that could be us. Like, that really, that might be us for the next 10 years now. Who knows? And it just makes me so grateful for Tom Brady that I was able to enjoy this and fall in love with the sport and create a podcast where I'm able to talk about it all essentially because of one guy who even Bill Belichick said is the greatest NFL player in history. What more can you say? I'm sure you have some memories you want to recap on, as well as the overall retirement. I still am putting the tinfoil hat on saying, I don't think he's retired until the season starts, and I'm not budging off of that until the season ends, because I don't know. I still think this guy could win with half the teams in the league right now. I still think the Niners are in a situation where he could just go knock on the door any point next year, or any point in the following year, I wouldn't be shocked if he took a year off and came back next year. I'm still holding out that Tom Brady is not done, but he's announced it. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's any chance that this isn't the real deal? I would love if he wasn't done. I don't think he's done. I I, I would love it. Uh, I know that there's been quarterbacks that have, have done this to the in, in the past and to varying levels of success and uh, public uh, annoyance at, at certain levels. But I would not be upset if in July, uh, you know, rumors start, and then by August, he's at some training camp. That would not be a, oh, yeah, really? It just, I, w- I would be excited. That would be like an immediate, like reaching out to people like, do, do you see the news? Do you see the news? Do you see the news? I would, I would be excited. Do you have a favorite Tom Brady moment or is there one that just sticks out to you that when, when I say the name Tom Brady, that this, this comes to mind? So tough. There, there are so many moments. Uh, I'm, I'm looking, you know, I just, I got, I got his stats pulled up and I got some, some records pulled up. It's like he started playing in, in 2000 and then really started playing in 2001. So it's like he started playing like when I was when I was 10. 
and you know I'm, I'm, I'm much older than than 10 now so I, I don't even really remember those uh those early years I mean I remember the uh the, the snow game but not really much on like what happened so much I remember feeling I can remember being excited and I remember there being snow there's a good chance I didn't even see the end of the game there's a good chance that, you know at 10 or you know 11 like I, I fell asleep or I had to go to sleep or you know you know whatever and then you, you, you go through and, you know, the argument could be made that you could divide his career into three and all three of them are Hall of Fame careers. Uh, but I think that more than any, any one moment, it's the cumulative. Since, you know, I can remember, we go out there on Sunday, we're probably going to win. There's a comfort level with that too. Where where there was just a responsibility, a reliability. It was a good feeling of saying, you know what, we we're sending out our best gun tonight, and our best gun's pretty good every night. Every every Sunday, and I I think it's one of those things where to be a contender is, is fun, and I can see you know it was more in like you know basketball, and they're doing it in baseball with 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 the tanking. Where it's like, okay, well, you want to be bad, so then you know, you hopefully you can go right to the top. But there is something that is just really nice, like you said about you know, you got your gun, and you know, not everyone can have a Tom Brady, but just knowing like every week, like majority of the weeks, Monday morning, I'm walking into work and I'm you know, shoulders back, head held high, like oh yeah, here we go, and you know, we're going into the playoffs and we got to buy and all of the all the things that come with that. Where if your other fan bases and you mentioned, you know, you know, what, what if we were Jets fans? I mean, quite literally for us growing up, we lived miles from the New York border. Like if we're born, you know, a little farther over, are things different? And it is, like you said, like you, you would probably be at least a little bit less of a football fan, right? I mean, maybe it's just like you're more embracing the, just the, the level of expectation where our expectations are. We're, go, we're for sure making the, the AFC championship game. It's just a matter of like, let's get to the Super Bowl and let's win. Let, let's do that. Well, you mentioned the age range you were at the, during the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm younger than you. This is like my first football memory in general of just finding out, oh, wow, we we care about the Patriots now. Because prior to that in my life, I don't remember anyone ever saying, hey, or Sunday, we so we sit down, we watch the Pats game. You know, maybe you'd hear some highlights about uh, Bledsoe or something like that at the time, but nothing, nothing like it is now, years later after all of this, nothing like it was 10 years ago, nothing like that at all. It wasn't a priority. It wasn't concerned. I remember being excited that they had just been in the Super Bowl for everyone's uh, feeling and feeling like we have no chance against this Rams. This Rams team, they've already finished half a documentary saying this is going to be one of the greatest offenses of all time. Like this fastest, is the stuff fastest show on turf. This is what I remember going into that Super Bowl of feeling like we we weren't even trying to win. We were just happy to be there. There was a whole so much controversy the week before the snow game with the punt. They come out, they clear out the field just for that little spot. Remember, they bring the little machine out just to clear out the snow a little bit. <laughs> the tuck rule, all of that was way above my head at the time, not related to anything. Again, as a kid, it was like, oh, we, we get to just have a party now in the middle of February? Sure. I get to go to a friend's house and we eat a bunch of fried food? Cool. I haven't been doing that before. That that was the first Super Bowl party I was ever invited to. I I just wonder if this never happens. Like, does where where does it, where does the life go after this? Like, 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 what if what if it never happens, man? Like, what if we don't have a podcast on this? We we'd have some boring podcast on something else. I I can't even fathom <laughs> Us it. Whining a whole bunch. Uh, one of the uh one one of the other things being you said you know I didn't have a party in February. 
Like I've been able to go to multiple Super Bowl parades. Uh, definitely my, my favorite one was the, uh, the first one I went to after the, uh, the, the Falcons comeback. But I, back to when he, when he first started the first Super Bowl, I don't know because now I've seen the, that final drive. And so now I don't know if I actually saw it live or I probably probably didn't. I probably had to go home at, at halftime and just heard about it, but I've watched it. And I, it so it's like almost become an actual memory. But I think that's one of my my favorites because you even have uh, you know like the great late uh, Madden saying, "Well, I don't know. You got a you know a young QB out there. You might just want to kneel this and go to overtime." And just with very limited time, you know. And we we saw you know past couple of weeks in that uh, that that Bills Chiefs game of just now it's more commonplace. But back then, like, wait, you're gonna go down with a rookie QB? Just that. I don't know if there was no timeouts or just barely any timeouts. And you think you're going to make this happen? Like that, That's way too far. For me, my favorite memories, I mean, it's hard to pick one thing. There's there's so many awesome things that he did. There's so many good feelings and some really, really close feelings. The what-if feelings of every single Super Bowl makes it even scarier. Like, what if, what if we miss every one of these kicks? Like, what, what if... Gostowski or Vinatieri is not what they were at the time for every single one of these games. It's it's a very plausible factor where we're suddenly like, well, Tom Brady did everything he could and we just didn't win. Like we could easily be the Bills in some sort of scenario where they lose three Super Bowls in a row. I can't imagine that sort of tragedy. But for me, the one memory that I think gets a little bit overlooked is every time we played Peyton Manning in Peyton's prime. Every time we played Peyton, which we had a very good dominance over that. But I still remember going into every game and Peyton was just really, really good. And I, I think that seeing these two guys be really, really good against each other and just essentially beat the hell out of each other for an awesome career. I mean, Peyton had his, his shots at us, too. He, you know, they won a Super Bowl. It wasn't like it was completely dominated by us. But for me, those games were always must-watch, were always exciting. Even if we did dominate looking at it now for a fair majority of them, I still loved the idea of Peyton coming into town and Tom going at him and just having two awesome quarterbacks regularly scheduled every year to go at each other. Like that was a really fun era. And I think it gets a little overlooked with some of the, the actual Super Bowls because they could never face in a Super Bowl, at least not until, you know, maybe later in the career where, you know, Peyton changes teams. And that's kind of a, a different Peyton Manning at that point as well. But for me, those, those games, you could pick any of them at any point when Peyton was a Colt and at, at the top of his game, those are, those are the highlights for me watching Tom just go at him. I mean, there's there's so many others. I mean, watching him go at like the Ravens was great. Watching him go after all of these teams. I mean, we we take out the Rams a couple of times at, at different eras here. But they don't even have the same right. anything. <laughs> like that that that's crazy that this same guy was able to dominate a team twice that had essentially rebuilt another dynasty again. Like that's that doesn't happen. It's never gonna happen again. I I I, I know everyone's already heard all the good things and and how long it's been and. You know what? LeBron James was a freshman in high school when he started his career. Like that's wild to look at it because it feels like those two are essentially parallel throughout their career, and they're not. It's they're not. <laughs> it's like LeBron's an old man now too, and that's how long Tom is just going for that much longer. It, it's crazy. I, I don't know if there's a, exactly the perfect right amount of words to say how awesome it is, but it's it's really impressive. I don't think it's over though. I, I I'm I'm having to stay on that. I don't think it's over. I don't know if I just don't want it to be at, to end like this, or if I'm just holding out hope for something. I don't think he's ever going to come back and be a Patriot, but I do think there's a chance he plays for the Niners at some point in his career. I I just think it's it, it makes too much sense to me. He's got he's got stuff left in the tank. 
He really does. But, you know, maybe he doesn't want to have that sad year. But, you know, Peyton won a Super Bowl on that sad year with the with no shoulder. Like, that that happened. I mean, why not add one more ring? You know you know what Tom always said his favorite Super Bowl was? The next one. The next one. So, I don't know. Maybe the next one isn't as desirable right now. You know, I could easily – he has no nothing to prove. That's that's the only thing he, he really can't argue is – what else – what more can he do? I just don't know what else he could do, and I understand the family man and all of that, but – this guy is so focused and so good at at just accomplishing things. I can't imagine him not being able to balance this work life thing out. But I don't know that these are all kind of side topics of presumptions that we, we will never really know. And I don't we don't we don't actually have an inside source on this. And it's it's nice that he came out and officially announced it, so we don't have to speculate this forever. But uh, for now, for the time being, it, it looks like Tom Brady has retired, and we should all we should all enjoy the highlights that we had. And if you're, especially if you're a Patriot fan, you should really appreciate these years because there's no other franchise ever going to have the the era that we just had across any sport. Nobody is going to do this ever again. I just think there's too many teams trying to do win now moves as well as too many teams trying to rebuild. That'll get lucky into some sort of odd year out where they'll just dominate one odd year. The fact that we were able to be this competitive for this long is so unreal. But let me uh, read off some of his uh, some 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 records. Or he's this is uh, where Tom Brady ranks uh, first. What he ranks first all time in, right off the bat, wins most important category pretty much two hundred and forty three. Just uh, you know that that's total wins. But it, you know if you kind of just fudge it a little bit, if you were to win all your regular season games, if you were win sixteen games a year, it would still take you over fifteen years to get there. The average NFL career is what two, three years. He's got fifteen Pro Bowls, uh, three hundred and sixteen starts, seven thousand two hundred sixty-three completions, uh, eighty-four thousand five hundred twenty passing yards, six hundred twenty-four passing touchdowns, one hundred and one three touchdown games, thirty-nine touchdown games, and then now even more important in the postseason, he leads in appearances, games started, wins. Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins, completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns, 14 game-winning drives in the postseason, and nine fourth-quarter comebacks. I mean, you, you can't get any more, any more clutch, any more dominant, any more like being at the peak and being at the peak for the longest amount of time. You mentioned uh, what Belichick said, and I easily echo it, of greatest quarterback, greatest NF, greatest football player, and – Easily one of the, the greatest athletes uh, we've ever seen. You know, there's one more thing you could add to all of that, and that is the bye weeks. Those should at least be half wins if we're, if we're negotiating here. And the amount of bye weeks you get, because those are games he could have played in, but he was too good to even play in them. Yeah, they wouldn't, yeah, they wouldn't let him. So I, I, I know it's a weird stat, but I'm just saying he's that much farther ahead of everyone, and he played in a ton of bye weeks because I think there's a lot of times that the guys that get these records is the ones that were in the middle of the pack because they were able to play more minutes because their team wasn't as good, and they had to play in more games, to, and they were more reliant on. Like they're, they're, That's how you end up being kind of the, the Russell Westbrook machine of stats where you just kind of just crank out all these, but it doesn't get you the W's at the end. You definitely don't have any rings on your finger and things like that. For him to have the rings on his finger and have all these stats is 
is mind-blowing, especially when you look at the pay cuts he's taking throughout his career, the players that are around him. I mean, sure, there are eras where we have fantastic wide receivers and some decent running backs, but for the majority of it, day in and day out, it is nothing to brag about across the board. It's really not. If anything, Tom makes all of these guys' career, and the fact that we look at him as good receivers now is entirely because of Tom Brady. So... I, all of that just made me telling you that this, these are really impressive stats and that no one else could have done this. I think if you switch careers with any other guy and you throw him in Tom's situation, I don't think it ends up the same way. I just think this is a one-of-one one guy that we're never going to see again. And S- something else that uh, I don't think I quite quite realized that makes sense uh, after the fact, but uh, after that, uh, you know, the, his rookie year, he only played, played in one game, one completion, you know, just absolute garbage time but then the next year when he actually played he played in uh in 15 uh regular season games but then after that he played in every game he started of course every game you know except for that new england uh year in 2008 when he he tore his acl and then in 2016 for the bogus uh deflate gate when he was suspended but besides that played every game every week I hadn't really thought about the 2008 season until a while, a while. Like, but all these, all these Brady podcasts and everything is being brought up by everybody. Uh, Simmons brought up how he thinks 2008 might have been our best Patriot team, and in reality, it, it might have been because we go 11 and five with Castle. Imagine you just slide Brady in there at that point in Brady's career. You take away the injury, we avoid all that, we dodge all that, and he's just there. I well, like plus, plus we're coming off the uh, the the 18 and one season. And a lot of the same guys are coming back. So, I mean, we were. I'm just saying lock it in. That, lock it in an year. appearance, right? Lock it in. Give me one more appearance. We might not win right? the thing. I got to imagine I... we are. Uh, it's similar to when the, when the Spurs lost uh, tragically to uh, to the Heat. And then the next year just marched right through and just took it right back from. Them. I have to imagine we we had all sorts of plans to do some marching. And that was. That was rough because that was in the first quarter of the first game. Uh, it just that you were still angry from the Super Bowl, and it's like, all right, no, we're we're getting back to it. And Devin it snatched away so quickly. It's, uh, we, so we so go eleven and five with a quarterback that no one's ever going to remember the name of. Like, like that's that's how good that team uh, was. <laughs> Matt Castle, I think it was on uh, I don't know if it was Instagram or Twitter, uh, posted. Uh, he was like at, at the Bucks, like, hey. Uh, I haven't officially retired yet, and last time I filled in for uh, replaced Tom Brady, I did pretty well. So, uh, you know, just something to think about. Uh, with that being said, uh, who do you think Tom? Who do you think the best player Tom Brady did play with was? Like, who's the best player through Tom Brady's career? Who's the best teammate? Talent wise, talent wise, not like fan uh, loved Ra- Ra- Randy not, Moss. You think it was Moss? I think at that point yeah. in career, I think I'm still going to go with Gronkowski because Gronk at his peak was arguably the greatest tight end of all time versus Moss was still, you could argue, is the greatest wide receiver of all time, and I wouldn't even fight you for it. I'm just thinking at that point when he was a Patriot, he wasn't that guy. He was close to that guy, but he wasn't the, the young Moss that was just so dominant and good because if he was, I feel like we could have got a couple more years out of him, but... I, I have no problem with with uh, with Moss there. I mean, you could say Adelman. I, I think in some ways, man, J- James White was just a massive support for a lot of those games throughout that. That whole Atlanta game alone is, is a lot of James White, a lot, a lot of clutch catching, and a lot of yards after the catch. Uh, 
But for now, you know, we're gonna we're gonna hold off on the the Tom Brady chat for a while, and I think that's another weird thing in the podcast here, knowing that we might not talk about Tom Brady for for a long time right now. This is the next time we bring this up is gonna be when Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever is approaching some Brady record, and of course we're never gonna take the crown off the guy. But I mean, I feel like this, this it's getting a little sad that now this is this is the only way we're gonna be able to bring him up is his form of measurement towards everything. And it's not going to be... take those guys a real long time. Yeah, I know. Well, I plan on doing the podcast for a really long time. So, okay. Well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think any... this is going to be like a, like a next year sort of situation. It seems like, uh, you know, not too long ago you, you, with Mahomes, like, okay, yeah, he's definitely the next guy and he's getting all these things, but you, know, you, you miss out on these opportunities to go to the Super Bowl, and very quickly you, you, you're not going to be able to make it. Uh, you mentioned Brady qualifying for a stupid number of Pro Bowls, all of which absolutely mean nothing when you win as many championships. But I love the fact that he wasn't able to participate in any of them because he was always in the playoffs. He was always advancing out. There was never a time where he had that week off, that time off to go to Hawaii or Florida or wherever they ended up having the damn game now. And I think that's like a that's something to be oddly proud of, too. As well, especially because I know none of the guys enjoy going. They're going for the bonus. They're just there for the weekend. And that game is a disaster. I, 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 did they even play that today? Is that today? Is that right now? No, it was, uh, it was yesterday, and I was at a bar and actually caught some of it. And I did not. I, I had heard, you know, that it's like, oh yeah, like they don't really play. It's you know whatever. So I was like, oh okay, like it's just not like a regular game of football. But the the small amount that I watched yesterday. It, it's more of a more of a walkthrough. They legitimately like they don't tackle. It's just a you, you're running along, like you catch a pass, and then you, know, you just kind of get like generally wrapped up, and ne- neither guy is going very hard, and it's just it just kind of whistled dead. It, it's very it was very bizarre. Well, I don't know how they managed to sneak on the podcast here, but that's enough Pro Bowl talk. Let's talk about some other actual All-Star games that matter a little bit more. The NBA All-Star Reserves have been announced, as well as some of the replacements for some of the expected injuries and expected players to miss. Uh, you want to just read off some of the list here? You want I, I don't care. You start with whatever conference you want. Uh, I'll give you the dealer's choice. Sure, I got it. Uh, um well, remember, they're still doing the, the, the Team LeBron, Team Durant, where they're going to draft on Thursday. So uh, Essentially nominees the, then. Yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll, it'll start with West and East, but it's all going to get mixed together. So it's uh, Devin Booker, Jimmy Butler, Luka Doncic, uh, Darius Garland, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, James Harden, Zach Levine, Chris Middleton, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, uh, Jason Tatum, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, and Fred Van Vliet. And then it just came out earlier today that uh, uh, DeJounte Murray will be taking uh, Draymond Green's spot, and LaMelo Ball will be – it's weird because he, he gets to join the team because uh, Kevin Durant is out, but he'll join as a reserve, and Tatum will get uh, promoted to a, to a starter. So – no, no worries, everybody. There will be another uh, Duke uh, starter in the All Star game again this year. <laughs> uh, I suppose we should be happy for Tatum. Uh, you know, I we, we could go back and forth about who got snubbed and who should be in and who shouldn't be out. Uh, I think at the end of the day, when you always have guys that are going to be injured or guys that aren't going to be unable to go or participate for whatever reason, I, I think we kind of get more guys filled in there. I'm I'm feeling a little bit for Jalen Brown. I, I I feel like he's. 
I don't feel like Tatum's having th- that much better or even a better year than Jalen Brown at all. I just don't think the Celtics are very good, and you got to give it to you. Can't, you couldn't give it to both of them. We're not good enough for both of them to be on there, yeah, which is a no, weird. Uh, I agree. It's a weird position to be where I don't think one deserved it more than another, but there was no way both of them could go. So I feel for for Jalen a little bit because I think the media steers a little bit more towards the Tatum direction for you know maybe for justified reasons. I just think. Jalen's a really good player, and this is going to happen one of these years, and I don't think anyone's going to be shocked by it. I just, I hope they get their, their shit together, man. I mean, we've been on a bit of a streak right now, but we can certainly talk about that. Uh, another all-star kind of reserve comment I wanted to make is Wiggins is a starter, former Minnesota. Towns is an all-star, and Levine is an all-star. Former is, Minnesota. All, all former Minnesota guys, except for Towns, who is still there, and Maybe maybe approaching a, a former, I don't know what they're going to do over there. But with all that kind of being said, when you look back at it, were they on to something in Minnesota or was there just no way this was ever going to work in Minnesota? Because when I look at this, it's more of like we just had to put Wiggins in this role. We just had to put Levine in this role. And we just had to hope Towns could be on the floor and learn to play with anybody. I mean, I think he's done a better job of that as he's progressed throughout his career is just trying to fit in with the guys around him and use his skill set that that just makes sense. I know it's an age thing. I know it's a coaching thing. And I know it's an organization that has been through a bunch of changes, both some real tragic stuff, you know, with the Saunders stuff that that's not a, that's not a fun era. And then some personal stuff as well. of just uh, a dysfunctional organization, just making too many changes too fast. But uh, if you were to go back and kind of grade everything right now, I mean, is, everyone seems to be better off where they're at, but if you're Minnesota, did you, did you maybe give up a little too soon? I mean, the the Minnesota Timberwolves have not had a, uh, you know, to talk about the Tom Brady and the Patriots, almost uh, like the reverse of just a lot of years of not so so much success. So I, I don't know if it would have worked had they had they stayed. There's definitely the the Jimmy Butler era that was in there, and everything just kind of seems a little bit of a, a little bit of a mess. Like you said, even with Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who is still there, just like. For how much longer? It always kind of seems like, especially with the trade deadline coming up, of is he going to demand out? Does does he want to be there? Uh, I just don't really know. So I think some of the Wiggins' successes, you're playing with uh, Steph Curry, and I think anytime you're playing with Steph, if you aren't elevating your game, you're you're doing something incorrect. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm sure these trades. Uh, these these are good players. Like I said, they just need to be in the right position, and I don't know if they're ever going to be in the right position. I also just did, never would have thought any of these guys would have been all-stars, let alone all-stars the same year. I, I just never thought they were going to be on winning teams. For me, they they felt like stat guys that were going to fill up the stat sheet on losing on bad teams. That felt like I was defining their careers as that, and I would never be. I was going to be shocked if anything else ever happened beyond that. So good for all of them. Well, I'm, I'm happy for all of them. They're they're all in better situations yeah, the, uh, than they were in. I, I mean, the the Bulls are uh, number two in the East. You know, the Warriors are number two in the the West, and the the Timberwolves are not number number seven. So, yeah. Uh, so that's that's kind of my one interesting take on the All Star reserves. Other than that, I mean, it'll be fascinating how the draft order goes. I mean, teammates get drafted first. I think that's the standard of this, and then I don't really know what they're. Their judgment is after that. I think that's where the the drama kind of builds on. Oh, where are you going to go? You're going to go big. You're going to go small. You're going to do shooting. Where do they go to college? You know, did they go to the same school as you? Like, I I don't know 
how they make how they pick the brackets essentially out of all of this, but um, I think that's a little I, bit I more interesting. Durant, uh, said last year he drafted the greatest team ever assembled, but they just uh, they just failed to deliver during the the two hours of the All Star game. So he's looking to step his game up this year because people are questioning his uh, his GM skills. So I, th- I thought that was funny. Is he still going to do the drafting even though he's not going to be playing? Like, yep. is, he, is he essentially yep. the team coach now? <laughs> Kind of, yeah, yeah. So he's it'll still be Team LeBron uh, versus Team Durant, and he'll he'll still do the 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 selections. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to talk about the reserves? Otherwise, we're we're kind of just gonna get into a whole bunch of NBA trade rumors where we can maybe touch on every one of these players and their teams and their situations and whether or not they're gonna get moved or if their teams are gonna doing some moves. Uh, I I, I was fine with uh with all the uh, all the selections. I was closest with the with the Jalen Brown, and I uh, totally agree with what you said that it had to be one or the other. I think Jalen's missed more games than Tatum has, so I think that factored in, and that's always just a crappy situation with the with the All Star game of uh, beforehand. But I, it, it's it's definitely been more difficult this year to keep track of uh, who's in and who's out, especially for that two week stretch where it was just absolutely actually probably even longer than two week stretch where there was just everybody was out with COVID and it was just absolutely wild on who's playing and who's not. And some guys just were around people. So they were only out for a few days and other people actually got it and they were out for two or three weeks. And just, I'm, I'm glad that we've, uh, we've, we've, we've moved past that, but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All-Star weekend's always, uh, always a fun weekend. Uh, so we got the Super Bowl this weekend and then we got all-star weekend the following weekend, correct? Yes. So we got we got some good weekends coming up here. Hopefully we get a decent Super Bowl. We've been so rewarded with some good football games in the past. A little, a little worried about a dud. But what is what is happening before all of that is the NBA trade deadline, which is Thursday. So we got a couple of days before that. Rumors all over the place for everything. We can talk some Philly, some Nets, some Harden Simmons stuff. This is a weird we we could have traded for him last year and yet somehow this is staying alive to this year with completely different circumstances. I I, I heard somebody today saying like, oh, well, you know, Philly's starting to get like the upper hand, you know, guys are starting to offer more, you know, Harden may not stay. And if if I'm if I'm any team, every team has leverage on Philly, because guess what? If you're trading somebody for Simmons, the one thing you have that Philly doesn't have is a guy that's playing basketball right now. <laughs> There's no leverage beyond that. Like, I can't believe the amount of podcasts I've listened to over the past week now talking about how. I don't know what uh, Maury's doing the right thing. You know, somehow Simmons' value has gone up. Uh, all these unhappy all-stars are feeling like, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll be the guy traded for Simmons, you know? And it's like, well, no team is just willing to take a guy who's not playing basketball right now. I don't know why you would want to give up an actual important asset, whether you're going to lose it or not, for a guy that's just not playing basketball right now for mental health reasons, and you're going to trade him overnight, and what, he's just going to be fine tomorrow? You're not going to have any concerns about him maybe not feeling great in a week from now after a couple losses, a couple bad news articles, a couple rumors, a couple whatever. I mean, anything. I mean, this guy catches COVID and misses games. You don't tell me guys aren't going to be second-guessing whether or not he's missing it for that or the mental health thing all over again. It's it's just the amount of built-in excuses for Simmons just don't work for me on giving up anything for it. So I'm all bravo for Philly if you're able to pull off this Harden deal, but I just don't know why the Nets truly feel like this is a worthy move or why they feel like they need to give up somebody as good as Harden. Like, why couldn't you just give them Joe Harris and something else? Like, hey, 
these are guys that are also not playing. Here, Joe Harris is injured. You can yeah. have him. <laughs> yeah. I, I am yeah. I not wrong about this? Like this guy's not playing. He has no value. <laughs> well, that's well, and that, where, where it comes in on the to the Sixers, it's very little value because he's not playing. But if he is going to play to another team, that could be a lot of value. But we don't really know. And as well as I haven't really heard much out of out of his camp. Has he been working out? If he got traded, is he able to play tomorrow, next week, in a month? Like how long? So what what's 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 going to happen? Uh, I I th- I don't think that they're going to move him. I don't think that. I think their bar is still higher than anybody is uh is is willing to pay, and I definitely don't think it's going to be the Nets. I know that's coming up again with Harden, and there's rumors that Harden's unhappy and that Harden's going to leave, but not many trades happen in division, and especially blockbuster trades like this of two all stars. So the the history I, of I Harden and Mori. I don't see that happening. You know, I think the history of Harden and Mori has like a little. Like, is that a good relationship? I feel like there was a pretty bitter ending of, like, you've kind of forced your way out of here. I lost my job. I mean, I was able to bounce back because I'm good at my job, and you were able to bounce back because you're also good at your job. But do you really want to try this all over again? I, I just... Philly's having a great year. I totally understand them feeling like, hey, we're one piece away, and we have this asset that it could be worth this and could be worth that. But right now, we can't waste this year of Joel Embiid with a wide open east. I mean, half the teams I have written down here of NBA trade rumors, every one of them feels like it feels like any one of them could be one trade away from a championship right now. I feel like this is kind of similar to that Pistons team where they pull the trigger for Rasheed Wallace and suddenly they're on another level. Like that Rasheed Wallace trade is out there. I actually think Sabonis is the Rasheed Wallace trade of this year. I think wherever he ends up going could be the team that gets put over the top for that. I, I don't know who's going to pay for him or who's going to do it. But it sounds like Indiana's going to have a fire sale with a variety of guys there. And he just seems like an easy asset that will play well with everybody on any destination, which is why he's in every trade rumor. I, I feel for the guys that get in all these rumors right now, but I, I just I don't know what Philly's going to do. I don't know what the right answer is. The trade's going to come out of nowhere if it does happen. I'm with you where I just don't think it's going to happen. I can't imagine any other team can act like they're willing to pay for this price for Simmons, but I don't know if they're actually going to be able to live with it. I just think there's too many question marks, especially at this point in the season where you're going to pull the trigger on Simmons and hope that he's able to get his stuff together in, what, a month or two? I mean, we're in February right now. The All-Star breaks in two weeks. You don't have a lot of time to build chemistry here, let alone with a guy that isn't building any chemistry with his current team right now. <laughs> he's just burned bridges all over the place. Like, how is that not a concern? I, so I don't want to talk about this one all, all day. I, I'd rather talk about Sabonis trades. Eric Gordon trades, uh, any other, Nurkic, CJ McCollum, Stephen Adams, Patrick Williams, Zion Williamson. I'd rather talk about every one of those guys than Ben Simmons at this point. Zion's not getting traded. Well. All those other guys could could possibly have him, but Zion's not getting traded. Well, why not? What if if he walks? You're going to pay him also at the end of the year based on everything you've seen? You're just going to give him money. You have no problem. Oh, big time. Big time. Did you see him last year? He set a per 36-minute uh, record in points. Okay. Well, look, I didn't say it was a bad idea. I'm just saying I think it's a discussion. You're, you're thinking it's not a discussion, but I, I do think it's a discussion because 
you could get something for him right now or you could be stuck with him for a while right now. And I don't know if that's the right feeling to have or the wrong feeling to have. It, it's, I, I don't know if he's ever actually going to be able to be healthy. I don't know if this is a sustainable thing. And this is a heavy investment now of a guy who's not playing on a team that's not good that is rebuilding right now. And I just wonder if you pay him and end up having to trade him anyways, are you better off just not paying him and moving on and getting something for him now? I have no idea what his value what is. What are you moving on to? You I don't know. Move, what are you, you keeping you him make, for? All this the team's moves terrible. you make are to get a player like Zion. Like all of the moves that you make. So if you were to move on from him, now you're just setting yourself back. What, five years? For the possibility you could get another player like Zion. It's definitely. They, those aren't like, oh, we'll tank and then maybe, uh, you know, in the we'll get the first round pick and then we'll get. It's like, no, no, no. That's not every year that there's a Zion there. So there's no part of you worried about giving this guy a big long-term contract right now when he hasn't played in any games this year? No. No no, no worry. No concern. No brainer. We're doing this no. regardless. He's one of those guys. No. I think I want to give guys. him that. I think I want to give him the kind of the Kevin Durant, could tear his ACL, his, AC, his MCL, his Achilles. He could do it all. And still the next year, I think somebody would still give him max money. I don't think Zion's on that level. I think there's... Way too much of this Greg Oden overhanging thing there. He may not ever be healthy. And then that, that makes me think about it. But even if you do pay him, somebody's going to trade for him because they're going to always want that, tr- that, 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 that cash money, man, of the entertainment. He's going to sell tickets. I think that's one reason why you do hold on to him is you're still going to have something exciting here. And nor- <laughs> this team deserves it. I just wish he could get back on the court. There's no real reason to get him back on the court at this point. And whoa, 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 whoa. Pump the brakes there, buddy. I have the Western Conference standings up. All right. They've won five in a row. Big deal. In, do, do you know who's in the playoff or the playing game right now? All right. So you're rushing Zion back for playing game? I mean, it I know the NBA the would love it. the New Orleans Pelicans. They are now in the 10th slot. So you say um, I, at this point there's no any sort of rushing him back we're like you said just said we're in february two weeks away from the the trade deadline but now i think there is some, would would the playoffs not be more interesting if uh, zion comes back even in uh in march and now it's zion on the pelicans in the play in game you don't think that that has a little more juice than uh you know just just the regular pelicans Oh, for sure. Look, I want this guy to be healthy. I'm not rooting against him. I, I'm trying to be the logical of what I think is going to happen here, and I just think the logical thing tells me this is going to be an ongoing issue. I don't see any way of this ever going away. There's for sure positives to it. He's a dominant player. He's a great guy, too, which is an underrated thing. You could have very dysfunctional athletes. We talked about one just recently right now who's just not playing basketball. All right, This guy's not playing because he's not healthy. I guarantee he wants to be out there. The minute restrictions, I think, are going to drive him insane. I mean, we, we saw the Jordan documentary, how he was reacting to all that. I'm sure Zion's feeling the same way, being like, I can only play this much. This is it. This is what you're going to do. You know, just, just unleash him at some point. But I, I get it. I just I feel like they're going to be overcautious. And I think at some point, this cute couple wins here are just going to lead to a couple losses. And then they're going to say, ah, well, it's kind of a long shot now. Let's, let's not even do it. I, I worry about their lack of competitiveness. But you know what? Good for them because if they do get a couple more wins and they are able to stay in this kind of competitive nature, bring them back by all means. Hell yeah, I want to watch this like, as a fan. Why are, we, why are we being cheated out on this, right? Like, let's just, uh, even if they don't have a chance, let's bring them back. But I don't think it's going to happen. So, all right, so you're out on the Zion trade. It's, what, what other trades do you have? I'm not, no, I'm not even saying that I'm out on it. I'm saying that that will not happen. 
Pelicans are not trading Zion. Not that I don't think it's a good idea. I'm saying that they won't do it. <laughs> I, I don't know where Zion fits in on another team anyways. I'm sure every team in the world would love to have him, but the construction of a Zion team, I think, has to be built from the ground up. I don't think it's something you could trade. Like, if you trade for him, it's not like you're immediately a contender the next day. I imagine you have to move some more pieces around. I don't know what the right pieces are around Zion, but I think it's going to take some experimenting, which staying with the Pelicans kind of gives them that flexibility of being able to find out, like, all right, well, does he play better with big guys or just a bunch of shooters? Like, who who ends up playing center with him? Like, how, how does that work? I don't know what that lineup looks like. I don't think the Pelicans currently have the, the right roster around him, but I just want him to get in the game. Just get in the game. You know, let's just just, just get on the floor. Uh, I brought up Sabonis. I, there's multiple destinations that I think Sabonis could be fantastic for. I, I would say Boston's one of them. I think Memphis is an interesting one. We talked about how many pieces they have, and if they truly wanted to make a move, I think Memphis, similar to Golden State, could kind of trade for any asset they wanted to, if they want to. Now, they may not want to. They're, 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 they're winning right now. Things are working. Like, why, why mess with it? You know, there's, there's, there's no real reason or urgency to do it other than this guy's kind of out there. We can give up this, and we have this piece now. And I think Sabonis fits in very nicely to a lot of places. Another low-key spot I think Sabonis would be sneaky for is, you talked about the Pelicans getting a little sneaky here. How about Toronto? Toronto and Siakam are back. I don't know how, but Nick Nurse just doesn't know how to lose games. He finds ways to get wins. Fred Van Vliet is an all-star. I don't know if we would have ever said that, even after the sixth-man run of the championship a couple years ago with Kawhi Leonard and all that. Like that, that's that felt like a like a Jason Terry like one year off, or he's like, yeah, Terry was a with that like an all-star one year, I, and then it kind of fades out in and out a little bit before and after that. But uh, Fred Van Vliet, real deal. Siakam is back, and Toronto is oddly in this kind of competitive situation where they could make some moves you know uh they, they have Drogic over there that's kind of a piece everyone's after who's not playing for them uh what do, what do you think about Sabonis going to Toronto I I think it's gonna be really interesting on Thursday to see who in on, on the east side really makes a uh really makes a swing for this because to, to your point of it being wide open five of the teams are within uh, a game and a half of, of first place, and five teams are five games within within first place. So, like that's that's really not not that much. So, I think that if oh the East and the West, it really makes more sense for the East for someone to take a uh, take a big swing because then you look at the uh, at, at the West and you got the the Suns and the and the Warriors up to top, but. I mean, the Lakers are always going to be in in the mix, uh, depending on LeBron and AD's uh, health. But I, I I don't think there's any sort of previous iterations of the Warriors of was it really worth making moves to just get like smacked around by the Warriors? I mean, the Warriors are, are looking good, but I think that you could you could convince yourself to to, to make some moves. So I, I think that all all of those teams. I, I think uh, yeah, I could see the Raptors working with a. Uh, with Sabonis, the only thing is, I got to imagine with the Pacers, seems like they're headed for a rebuild, but they've been doing this before. Where like last year, or I don't know, it was last year, or like this off season, wasn't all the thought being that they were going to tear this down and total fire sale, and then that just like never happened. So I don't know if it they didn't get the the pieces they were hoping for, or are they not quite ready to just cut everybody loose? They they never really got the 
the full roster that they constructed to play together. Brogdon's been out the whole year, and you could go back and look at the Brogdon numbers, and I actually faulted Milwaukee a couple of times for this prior to the Drew Holiday trade, saying, like, why didn't you just keep Brogdon? And now I look at Brogdon, who's missed how many games this year for how many years now in a row? He hasn't played one full season. I think when he's out there, he's a very solid point guard. I, I, I just feel like Milwaukee knew this injury proneness was not going to go away. And in a way, they kind of got lucky with that. Uh, Indiana has been feisty the last couple of years. Uh, over the bubble right now, TJ Warren has not been healthy since then. Let's not forget the, the, the heat check that he was on in the bubble over there. Yeah, he was averaging like 35 points a game for, for a couple games there and looking dominant against, you know, real good bubble competition. It's such a weird era now to go back in time and talk about that, but that's just kind of how long it's been. He's coming back. Miles Turner and Sabonis, everybody, including both of them, have essentially acknowledged that they can't play together and that they're being forced to play together and they're doing their best to do it, but the reality is it only works if one or the other is kind of out there. This whole together thing is, is just odd because they just either get in each other's way or they're, they're trying to... You don't need... You have the strength already. You don't need more strength of the same thing, if you get what I mean. Like the, so the, they have to make some sort of move. It'll be interesting. To, it sounds like both of them are going to get moved, or if they, or none of them, like you said, where it never ends up working out. Uh, Boston, I go back and forth on. Let's talk some Celtics right now. I'll give you a little Celtics minute right now because we are playing good basketball right now. I, I don't think I was going to ever say that at any point this season, and we've been waiting for it. We've been begging for it. But we've, we've kind of strung together a couple of wins here. I I swear the second I say this, it's all going to break down and go away. But Marcus Smart has been pretty good. I, I don't know what what more you're hoping for. It's almost like you're hoping for Smart to take a step back so he can calm down and stop doing a lot of the silly things. In a lot of ways, he's kind of done that. But on the flip side of that, are we worried that the second these playoffs kick off that we get the other Smart and some are just back where we were and we could have made a change and we didn't make a change? Because it feels like if we want to make a big adjustment for Boston, it's going to kind of have to include Smart or Time Lord, or if not both of them, to move on from this. And I don't know if we're better off riding with the team we got now or just trying to stock up for something better. And I'm kind of ready to stock up for something better. I've tried this. I've seen this. It's not working. It's working a little bit better now, but I still think it has the same flaws, and I still think the second you put a little bit of pressure on this team or you put us in the same situation we've been in in the past playoffs, that the same thing happens. We don't get through it. So I'm willing to try something else. I don't know if these guys are the right pieces to go after. I like the idea of a Sabonis. He just seems like a player that's easy to play with, as well as a player that enjoys playmaking for others. Because right now on this roster, Marcus Smart's the only guy that I think is trying to enjoy making plays for others on this team. I don't know anyone else who's willing to do that. And it seems crazy to me that we can't find a guy willing to do that. That's what I think the Celtics need, and that's the kind of move I would go after. I don't know how we do it. I don't know if we necessarily do it, especially after all these wins. It felt like if we had lost like the last six games rather than won like whatever the last five, we'd be in a different situation two days before the deadline. But now we're now it's like oh maybe maybe we don't pull the trigger on anything. I hate that that's being pulled back and forth on this, but I I would I would make a move. I would make a trade. Would you make a trade for the Celtics? It sure seems like. Uh, Schroeder is, is going to be gone. I don't know what we're going to get back. It almost seems like it's more of a, well, we're going to lose him anyway, so we don't need him. Let's make a trade. And it could easily be, be one of those uh, 
I call it a little bit dreaded. Um, uh, what is it? The the tra- not is it trade exception? Yeah. Where you just like yeah, like it's just like the we we basically trade them away for nothing, but then we can use that for a trade in the in the future where it's like we're gonna lose them anyway. This will open up a roster spot. I haven't been blown away by anything that he's done. We have won seven of the last eight, kind of against weaker-ish competition. We did beat the 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 Heat and the and the Hornets in there, and it's like we were struggling against some some bad teams. So even just not playing down to your competition and just making sure you're you're beating and like consistently beating poor teams, it's it's at least a step in the right direction. I'm I'm hoping that this is a a trend in the right direction and not a blip and that it does have to do with, Hey, you know what? Everybody's healthy. We're not constantly going with different rotations. We go in with the same rotation. Everybody knows what their role is. They know how long they're going to play for. They can get in a routine. Hopefully uh Ime is just like getting a little more comfortable and realizing, Oh, this is why other coaches don't do this. It's not because they didn't think of it. It's because it doesn't work. So yes, I should have a set rotation in. Yeah. It's going to really be uncomfortable and crappy for the guys at the end of the bench, but that's why they're the guys at the end of the bench. You know what? You don't, you don't really get any run. So I don't see any sort of fireworks. I see some kind of perimeter, you know, on the fringe moves, but nothing that uh, you're going to be like really excited for in the, you know, in the next game. It's going to be like, okay, well, I guess we have a trade exception now for down the line, or maybe we'll trade, you know, one of our, less used guys for somebody else that we're just going to try out. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be putting too much faith in the, in the trade deadline for the Celtics. I think some weight needs to be put on. We got a rookie coach and we got a rookie GM. When you start making big moves. You kind of crack the door open for us, kicking you out through it. You know, you know, you know, you just, you're, you're setting yourself up for some really big mistakes here versus if you play it safe. It's like, look, these are the cards I was dealt with, and this is the best I could do. Like, this is what it is. We're, we're, we'll do it with it next year. Something better will come up. Versus now we try and force something. I, I totally understand everyone being skeptical of it. But you know what? This season, even throughout the last couple games, like, we're not good enough to win the championship right now. I imagine there's a way we can be good enough to do it. I don't know who we need to get rid of and who we need to bring in. But the team we have right now is not good enough to win an NBA championship. So I, I feel like there's there's a reason to shake, do some shake-up on it, but maybe that's something we do in the offseason and something that can't really be pulled off in the middle of the season. Now, there are a couple teams that I do think have to make a move. Do you care to guess any teams? What teams do you think need to make a move? Because I, I think I have four right now. We don't need to talk about all of them. But I have four teams that I think have to make a move by Thursday. Just want me to guess all four at once? Yeah, I just throw out one. I bet you can get at least two of them. Uh, the Lakers. Nope, nope. They actually weren't on the four because they don't have anything to move. They absolutely need to make a move, but I don't think it's a like. What do they get a trade? I I can't. Like, yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think Westbrook's a Laker uh, on Friday? Yeah, I I think he's even. I don't. I, well, one, I don't think LeBron wants to get rid of him yet. I I part of me thinks LeBron wants to win with him. Where this is like this stupid challenge or something of saying, hey, you guys said I couldn't do this, but I'm going to do it. If he is moved, he's obviously open to saying that that's just not possible anymore. But I still think he thinks they can win with him. I don't know why. I don't see it. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to how healthy and aggressive is Anthony Davis. And none of it, nothing else is ever going to matter. You could put anyone else around him. And I think 
that's kind of LeBron's theory as well. Is we need to get AD healthy. I need to be healthy, and nothing else matters. So I don't think they're going to make a move. Uh, the top four teams, I think, need to make a trade, and this is in no particular order, but I think Sacramento has to do something. Whatever they're doing isn't working. They have multiple unhappy guys. For whatever reason, Harrison Barnes was off the list, uh, off the trading block last year and is now on the trading block for every deal in the world. <laughs> That's a fascinating part there. De'Aaron Fox, of which you draft Davion Mitchell, the Donovan Mitchell's brother this year, and Fox is in a weird spot where Halliburton's kind of playing over him. I don't know what you do with Fox. He's making some money now, too. I don't know where he fits in. I don't know what team needs a point guard that can't essentially shoot. He's not, unfortunately, the defensive player like Ben Simmons is, where at least you get that, but he is playing basketball. So I think there's some value in that. Uh, OKC, I think, needs to make a trade for anything. I think they're going to be the buyout guy where they just end up with a whole bunch of stuff. But I look at some of the trades they made in the past where they did the Chris Paul thing. And that worked out really well. They were oddly competitive that year. Had Paul had any interest in staying, who knows where that goes. I mean, he ends up getting rewarded by being traded to Phoenix after that. But at what point does that team start saying, all right, enough is enough already. Let's let's start building something here. Like, at what point does the treasure chest become actual assets? You know, <laughs> when, when are these all? Because I think they do have some really good pieces there. And I think they could get something from that and they can afford anything. I would just I would look into that. There's a lot of fire sales going on right now. Maybe they could scoop up some players without giving up a whole lot, and and you could always move them next year or, or something else. I just I wouldn't be afraid to actually gain some assets this year if I was OKC. They're they're generally buyers for the wrong reasons. They're buying draft picks. They need to start buying players and or, or drafting better players and maybe adding some actual veterans or somebody who's going to play basketball. <laughs> Uh, Portland needs to make some moves. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're going, you're going fast, and I want to just, just back up a little bit because you said it pretty quick, and I can't tell if it was like a very dry joke or if you thought this that uh, Davion Mitchell was Donovan Mitchell's brother. Are they not? They're not brothers. Oh, I could have swore they were. <laughs> no. You, yeah, you said you said it when you went right past it. I was like, maybe this is just like an inside joke sort of deal, but I, I, I don't know. I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> Yeah, not brothers. Oh, I didn't know that. I don't know why where I got that <laughs> from. I could have swear they were. Because I remember. Uh, I, that's funny. Did they, they didn't go to the same school then? No, because Mitchell went to the small school and Mitch, and Davian went to. All right, we need to well, move on. Move on to the next one. We re, re, rebut yeah, the. Yeah. That, that has zero relevance to anything I've said. I don't even know why <laughs> it got tossed in there. I think it was more of me trying to just remind you who Davion Mitchell was because. Obviously, I thought it was I a love pretty his big, nickname. He's a pretty big. I love uh, ter- his nickname. Uh, off night. <laughs> well, I'm having an off night now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you were able to stack correct for me here. Right, we've been doing the podcast. I just want to like- make sure. I will, now, you know, I don't want you to you know, continue to you know be talking and you know just they, they do have similar names and they have the same last name, so it, it's it's a reasonable thing to think. I just want to you know just you know help you helpful hopeful. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna get out of all this now. I'm, I may just start playing music and just walking away. Just, just no, I need to know the other uh, the other two. You said uh, the the Kings, OKC, uh, Indiana. I think uh, is an obvious one. We kind of talked about that, and then I think Portland. Portland feels like they're in a spot right now that this is this isn't working. I don't, okay, I don't so your your moves are more on the 
we're in trouble. We need to kind of, uh, I don't really have, not, the... not, not a panic move exactly, but it's more of a we complete overhaul. So we need to make some trades more than the, Hey, we need to like make a jump up in the rankings. Like what can we do to get better this year? Yeah, I, I fortunately, as I said, there's a lot of teams that are a player away. I just don't see a team like Chicago or Memphis or I, I suppose Boston, you know, making that big move. I, I think they are in a position where they can, but I don't think Chicago wants to trade Patrick Williams. I don't think Memphis wants to trade anybody. And I don't know what Boston, I don't know what Boston wants to keep. And it feels like if they, they, they can't keep everything, but they can't keep what they want to get what they want as well. Like you got to get rid of something. So sadly, as, as much as I feel like the, it's kind of out in the open there, you know, the, the Brooklyn could make some sort of moves with the, the, the Simmons and Harden thing. I don't, I don't know where that ends up going. Did you know, so we, we talked about the Lakers, LeBron Westbrook and AD have already played more games together than the big three in Brooklyn of Kyrie Durant and Harden. Yeah, and, they've had, a, they've had a lot of, a lot of injuries. Just, just, just at a comparison of one team, guys are playing one team, they're not playing. Okay, that's. But I'd say those did are kind see, of. Do you see? Do you see the Brooklyn Nets are on an eight-game losing streak? I did, I did. But do you see that's who's? Pl- do you see who's playing for the Brooklyn Nets? Like I have, I have some of these guys on my fantasy team right now. I don't even know all of their names. These are picked off purely off of numbers. Like I, I haven't heard of these guys. I mean, it's for sure you're missing your best player who, you know, former multi-time MVP, you know, Durant is is awesome and solves a lot of these problems. But just you don't see title contenders going on eight-game losing streaks very often. So a a bit of a red flag there. Well, do you know who Cam Thomas is? Cam Thomas had 20 points in the last game and 30 in the game before. No idea who that guy is. The only reason I know who he is because he's Did on he my fantasy team. LSU? I, I I don't know. I don't know who he is. The only reason I know Cam Thomas is exactly like you said because he uh because because of fantasy. Yeah, where some guys like hey suddenly somebody's averaging like twenty plus points a game. I and he's available. Oh yeah. wow, that's that's yeah, gonna stand Cam, out. <laughs> Cam Thomas played for LSU and was uh just an absolute microwave. Like we go in and you just shoot her. Like didn't do a lot of other things, but boy, did he get up shots. Well, I just I feel a little concerned for for Steve Nash. Do you think I don't think they'll move on from him? But eight game losing streak, you know, tons of injuries. The amount of contra- about the injuries, the controversy. Well, some of the injuries you don't even have control of. They're not even injuries. They're politics. I don't even know what to call it. It's <laughs> it's Kyrie Irving. It's <laughs> It, yeah, it, yeah, it's not. <laughs> or maybe, maybe this is maybe this is intentional, because you want to be uh, you want to be on the road for the for the crucial games. So you don't want to be in the the top four. You want to be in the bottom four. Maybe this is on purpose. Oh man, you want to hear one more wild scenario? <laughs> oh, hit me with it. Yeah, what if, what if the Brooklyn Nets end up paired against the Toronto Raptors in the first round playoff, and Durant is not back yet. And Kyrie is just unable to play because of whatever COVID restrictions. Because he can't go over, because uh, he can't go into Canada, right? He can't go into Canada, and he can't play at home in Brooklyn. Like, what are we just gonna have a mutual site game somewhere else? Like, what? <laughs> no, I don't think so. But 
that would be that would be interesting. I think that the the Nets would make sure down the stretch that either won enough games or lost enough games that matchup wouldn't happen. But one of the things too is that at any point Kyrie could just get vaccinated and this all goes away. I, I don't really see that necessarily happening, but it, it's just one of those things that this this whole situation could just be like poof, it's gone. Not an issue anymore. I, I don't know. It's it's something to think about. It's gonna be funny in the last game last kind of last couple of games of the year where generally nobody's really fighting for these positions. It's like, ah, we don't really care who we play, we're the Brooklyn Nets, whatever. They are going to care who they're going to play based on that. That is going to be a huge restriction. I, I I don't know how I don't know how it all plays out. I would love for Toronto to kind of control their own destiny and force this to happen. That's the TV I want to watch. How do we get there? Like all you got to do is win Toronto and you get to play the Nets. You're probably going to lose the matchup, or maybe not. Maybe this is your best shot of winning the matchup, of forcing a guy to not be able to play. Wild scenario. Well, that's not great. I just went to look up uh, Kevin Durant because I want to see when it was estimated he was going to come back. And the first three headlines are about him and uh, Stephen A. Smith. So that seems bad for uh, for Kevin Durant. Well, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, any other last uh, anything else you want to add for the people out there? You got about a minute here. Uh, just that the uh, the NBA has been dabbling with something called NBA Crunch Time, which is supposed to be their uh, take on Red Zone. They did it last, uh, I believe it was last Monday. Uh, I've heard a little bit about it, but not a ton of positive or negative buzz. So I don't know if this was a kind of a one-time thing, if this will be every night going forward or, or what the deal is. But we've kind of talked about a Red Zone for the NBA and how cool that would be. So I'm, I'm hoping it's a product that they continue working on and that it uh, turns out that it's uh, actually available and uh, it's uh, that's really cool that sounds fun i like i like someone else controlling the remote i mean i'm, I'm pretty good at it but if that was a power i could give to somebody and trust them i i would be all for it it's uh it's really a reward on red zone I mean, red zone is just so perfect it's it's hard to compare the two, but the idea of them trying to get closer to doing something like this is just exciting. So I'm happy for it. Uh, what are we watching this week? What do you got? The Duke game tonight? Duke actually plays uh, three times this week. They play Monday, Thursday, and Saturday, which is uh, definitely unusual. Uh, Celtics Nets tomorrow on TNT. Uh those are uh, those, those those are my main things uh, right now. You know, I usually don't try to look too too far ahead. Kind of you know one one game, one uh, one one team at a time. All and right. Super Bowl on Sunday. That's right, Super Bowl Sunday. I think we already made our predictions for that. No real reason to recap them. Go listen to the last week's podcast if you want to hear about all that. I don't remember who I picked. I'm pretty sure I picked Cincy by four, but I could be wrong. Anyways, we'll be back next week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Follow us on our Facebook page, Little of Column A, Little of Column B. Little Column A, Little Column B. <laughs>